Subscribe and click the notification bell and I won't use my neighbors as fertilizer. Gardening can be a relaxing hobby and a fun way to grow your own food. But what's peculiar about gardens is just how unnatural they can become. Because people have seen some of the most horrifying things in their gardens. Today, I'll be sharing five allegedly true scary stories from people's gardens, plots of farming land, and any place used to grow vegetation by people. Because when people get their hands on things, they tend to get pretty dark. Prepare yourself to get known. If you want to hear your story in a future episode of Darkness Prevails, you can share any of your stories at darknessprevails.org slash submit. Thank you. I was playing hide and seek from Hunter. Location, England. It was Halloween night a few years ago. I was with my friend. Back then, I was nine years old and she was eight. I was dressed as a skeleton. I know, so creative, huh? My friend's was actually creative and was dressed as a spider queen. My costume was basically black and white skeletal face paint that my mom did for me. I also had some blue flames done around one eye and cracked spots on it. I was just wearing a costume shirt from Wilco's, which is a shop here in England, and some black and blue leggings. My mom had also done my friend's makeup too. She was wearing an LED spider web dress with black leggings, and her makeup was like mine, white but with spiders and cobwebs. We looked pretty cool, if I had to be honest with you. After we finished trick-or-treating that night, we had eaten a lot at that point and decided to play hide-and-seek in my back garden to finish it all off. We got some drinks of cola and sat down on my garden bench. The thing was a little beaten up, but it was nice. Plus, you couldn't really tell in the dark. I was hiding first, and after a few rounds, at about 8.20, I hid behind my mom's summer house. Now let me tell you about her summer house. It's nice and small, and you can hide in a small gap behind it next to the fence. My mom has turned it into a salon, and you just phone to book an appointment. Anyway, I sat down. I could hear my friend getting closer, so I slowly laid down. That way she couldn't see me. Now, let me say there are buckets on one side of me, so you can only get around one way. This is where things took a turn for the worst. Because someone found me, and I thought it was her. I even heard someone say, I found you. But this was not my friend. No, this was coming from an older man's voice. I immediately looked up, but there was no one there. Panicked and covered in goosebumps, I stood up from my hiding spot and looked to my right. There was a... Heck, I still don't know what to call it, but I've heard of them in folklore. A red cap. That's what it was most similar to, and that may be just what it was. It began to make weird noises, like a fax machine. It was a sturdy, short, old-looking man with red eyes. Shorter than me, even, even though I was only nine. 
They had a terrifyingly large mouth, but something about it startled me even more. His hands had talons instead of nails, and of course, he wore that signature red cap straight out of the myths. I began to run, but I heard those little footsteps pursuing me. But I remembered the legends. I remembered that quoting Bible verses, which does sound pretty weird, may actually repel them. And though I wasn't Christian at the time, I did know of some verses from school. I quoted everything I could remember over and over as I ran from the summer house. I called to my friend then, my voice all shaky. Before she ran over to meet me, I heard it one final time. <laughs> You're demons yourselves. We were the demons? It wasn't until later after this incident that I realized what it may have been talking about. Our costumes. Perhaps we had scared the red cap. Ah, to this day, every time I talk about it, I'm still afraid that I'll see him back there in the garden. This is one experience that I don't like thinking about. The White Lady from Homer O. Location, Tondong Sora, Philippines. It was way back in 2004 when I ran away from home and stayed at my friend's large two-story house in Tondong Sora in the Philippines. They had four bedrooms, and it was owned by his older sister who lived overseas. There were four of us staying there, including my friend's three-year-old son. The place had sort of become a safe haven for most of my friends whenever we had troubles at home. One night, my friend Archie and I were playing games in the living room. I still remember we were playing Resident Evil 2 and Silent Hill 4 in the room. That was when we began to hear footsteps going down the stairs. It was my friend carrying his kid who headed straight to the couch and they began to watch us play games. I found it very strange for him to behave that way because I know he never allows his kid to stay awake late at night. They were sitting there for five minutes without saying a word when I began to ask him what was wrong. He told me to ask his kid instead. He was just a toddler, so he only uttered two words, Babae Puti, which means white lady. I already knew what this meant. I knew of the white lady. I ran upstairs, furious, but the toddler followed me, saying, wog, which means Homer don't, over and over. I grabbed him into my arms, and I came crashing into their room, and I yelled, I don't know what you want. Just don't scare this kid. There was no one there, but I kept going. If you want to scare someone, talk to us grown-ups instead. We went back downstairs, and they only went up to their room and went back to bed when dawn came. That's how frightened they were. After a few days, while I was talking with someone on my phone, I saw my friend Archie running hastily down the stairs. Confused, after I hung up on the call, I went over and asked him what was wrong. Man, did he look spooked. 
he said he heard a woman's voice whispering his name, like right in his ear. He was playing the guitar on the balcony, overlooking the garden. And what's weird was the same thing happened to me the following day. I was reading a book in the garden, and I heard a woman's voice clearly whisper my name. It was like there were lips right on my left ear, and I could feel breathing, or maybe it was just wind. The voice faded into the air. I was left there alone and terrified. I sat there for maybe half an hour before finally gathering the courage to just go back to reading my book. The Boy in My Garden from E. Wiz Location Unknown I was 12 years old and I was staying at my grandma's house as my mom was enjoying a vacation. I had a four-year-old dog named Alexa with me. She was very protective of her owners. It was 8 p.m. one night, and I was already getting into bed. About half an hour later, after getting settled in, I was awakened by the sound of a creaking noise. I looked out of the window, and what I saw, I cannot forget. There was a little boy in my garden, in my grandmother's garden anyway. If I had to guess, he would be about six years old. As my eyes adjusted to the darkness outside, I could see that the boy was smiling. I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. I watched in horror as the little boy reached up to a nearby birch tree and with no effort, broke off the several-inch-thick branch. It cracked so loud, it caused me to shudder and jump. I looked over towards Alexa, but she didn't get up. She didn't come running, but I could tell she had heard it by the way that her ears cowered back. When my gaze returned into the garden, the boy was gone, leaving the big birch branch on the ground. Needless to say, I had trouble sleeping at all that night. The next morning, I rushed outside. Lo and behold, there was the big birch branch just lying there where the boy had been. So it wasn't a dream, and it was real after all. Why did he break that branch in front of me? It was as if he was trying to intimidate me, to scare me. The Jar of Coffee From Javier458 Location, Laredo, Texas When I was a young child, me and my cousin liked to play in my grandmother's garden. We would play with G.I. Joes, dig holes, and play army men. This takes place in the border town of Laredo, Texas, border to the city of Nuevo Laredo, Mexico. My grandmother, of course, lived across in Mexico. Anyway, we were digging a hole and uncovered what appeared to be a jar of coffee under the dirt. That's strange, I remember thinking. We weren't expecting to find anything in the ground. We shook up the jar filled with black liquid that looked like coffee 
It was so thick, though, that you couldn't see through it. We shook and shook, until, like an eight ball, something appeared on the side and pressed up against the glass. It appeared to be a very old picture. It looked to be from the 1950s or 40s. We shook it a couple more times to see if different pictures would pop up. And soon, they did. We saw pictures of what appeared to be school kids in uniforms. This one looked like it was cut out from a yearbook. This was really weird and intriguing for me at that age. So, as I got up to run to tell my dad about it, my cousin accidentally dropped the jar on a pile of rocks, causing it to bust, and when it broke, nothing came out. No liquid, no pictures. It was like an empty jar had busted on the ground. My cousin and I stood there, mouths agape. How would that even be possible, I wondered. The jar had been heavy, as if it was full of a liquid, and the pictures we had been looking at, it was just all gone. We ran and told my grandmother about it anyway, and to our surprise, she knew what it was and was extremely angry that we had broken it. She admitted to placing it there herself. I was even more confused now, and I asked her why she would put something like that underground. That's when I learned for the first time what a curse was, as she explained to me the word curse and its definition. The last thing she told me that day was that the curse was not meant for us children. Her expression of anger soon turned to one of fear and sadness. She soon walked away, but not before I saw her wiping a tear from her eye. I convinced myself that I was going to be fine, as I hadn't handled it or broke it myself. But I was scared for my cousin for a very long time, as he had been the one to shake it and then eventually break it. So far, nothing has happened, but we'll have to wait and find out if anything will. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's Journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Can't be unseen. From Anonymous. Location. 
Syria. I was eight years old at the time. I'm 14 now, but I still remember this event like it was yesterday. I live in Syria, in a huge house just outside the city. I've lived there with my parents and younger sister for almost my entire life. But sadly, I had to move because of this story that I'm about to share. As most of you may know, a terrible conflict has been going on for the past seven years here, and my story is linked to this conflict. It was summer break, and my sister and I were very bored as usual, so we decided to go play in the garden in the backyard. We have very tall fences made out of brick, which I'm very grateful for. Not even my dad, who is about six and a half feet tall, could reach and climb up it so you could say that our house was very safe and secure. I thought we had nothing to worry about. I was wrong. Anyway, we went to the garden outside and played our usual games, such as hide-and-seek and tag. We were playing for about half an hour, when all of a sudden we hear this low kind of booming sound. I didn't think much of it, Sadly, we were used to hearing these kinds of noises. But my sister, who was six years old at the time, wanted to go inside as she was beginning to grow panicked and worried from the sound. But me being the outdoorsy, sunlight-loving child, I was convinced to stay and play some more games. About ten minutes later, a very loud, ear-piercing boom echoed throughout the entire place. The only way I can describe this noise is like popping a building-sized balloon right next to you. It was completely world-shattering. The second my sister and I heard the heart-stopping noise, we booked it back to the back door where we were greeted by our crying mom and grandmother and a confused dad and granddad. I ran to my dad's arms sobbing hysterically into his shoulder while he tried to calm me down, but it was no use. Never have I been so scared. Outside, all I could hear were people screaming, then the sound of ambulances. My dad ran to his bedroom window while carrying me, and we looked outside. All I could see was black smoke and faint red lights. I could hear screeching and screaming of the people outside. In the middle of the chaos, I managed to hear someone from the crowd saying, there was a man inside that car. And when I heard this, I began to cry even harder. My dad returned to the living room where the rest of my family was waiting for us in tears. We sat there huddled in a corner, praying hard and crying silently, while the world literally crumbled outside. After it calmed down a bit, we checked the house and luckily nothing was damaged, but there was a massive giant hole in one of the windows of the extra guest bedroom. I won't go into details about what happened after, because at the time I didn't understand what had exactly happened. All I did know then was that we moved shortly after into a much smaller house in the middle of the city. Over time, I would finally learn what really happened. A wanted man had placed a device under a car near the garden, just on the other side of the fence. Inside that car was our gardener, 
Joe. He was a nice old man who was in his late 50s, and he had a wife and two children. Unfortunately, the device went off, leaving nothing more than a crater. His wife and kids were alone and shocked by the event. This was the most traumatizing experience of my life, and I send all my love out to all the people who lost their families and friends. These conflicts are a terrible thing. Innocent folks do not deserve to perish like that, and it's so hard to fathom that there are heartless and insane people out there that would do such terrible things to others. Sometimes, if it's too quiet, I can still hear the sound of people screaming outside. This happened six years ago, but it lives on inside me forever. Sweden's Most Haunted House From Marcus S. Location, Gothenburg, Sweden The house is called Fremagarden and it was built in the 1700s. It has been open to the public since 1960. The place has a really dark story behind it. In the 1600s, the legends say it was a place where they sacrificed witches during the witch hunts at the time. That's not all. The house's last owner is said to be haunting the place, as well as two children who had been locked up and isolated in the attic by their father and perished due to starvation. It's also said to be a place where people go to await their final moments. Many people come to visit the Fremagarden, and that includes me and my girlfriend. We arrived there at seven in the morning it's about a four-hour drive to the place, and we wanted to make it at check-in time. Even on the drive there, there was an overwhelming sense of dread. The GPS seemed affected too, as it kept shutting down on its own, which it had never done before. We ended up getting there a bit late because of this, and the closer we got, the foggier and rainier the weather became. Our hearts were pounding when we finally pulled in. We had a look around the house, the farmland it sat on. We began to unpack our things. If there's a way to describe the terrible cold we felt there, it was like a butcher's freezer. It was horribly and painfully cold in that house. As I mentioned earlier, the place is old, but all the furniture and items are fully intact. Alexandra started working to get a fire going in the fireplace, and I started to make us some lunch. And that's when we heard it, like a chair or something large being dragged across the floor upstairs. She asked me if I heard that, and I answered yes, I did. We took some pictures, and Alexandra filmed a few times as well. After we had lunch, I went up to the attic part to check it out. While she remained downstairs filming, I used the weak night vision mode on my phone because it was so dark up there, but as soon as my camera focused, a small light came across for a second, and then I heard a noise like someone humming. It gave me chills, and I basically had to tell myself to get out of there now. I walked downstairs and asked my girlfriend if she had heard the humming, 
and she said she had. She thought it was me, though. I kind of do sounds like that when I'm trying to scare her, but this time, it wasn't me. This was in the middle of the day, and it was still light outside. After that, it got pretty calm for a while, and we just chilled, taking some pictures outside in the front and back garden, just enjoying ourselves. After we had dinner that evening, we started to look for a movie to watch, and that's when another sound caught our attention, a massive bump coming from upstairs. We stared at each other and said that we're not going up there. After a while, I asked if we should make some popcorn for the movie, so I went out to make some, but before I did, I thought why not scare my girl a little bit? We were in the perfect place for it, after all. I decided to impersonate Pennywise from it. Alexandra didn't like that, so I stopped pretty quickly, and I took the bag of popcorn out and began shaking it. Then, from nowhere, I suddenly hear Alexandra yelling. I said, stop that! You're not funny! I raised an eyebrow, and I walked back to where Alexandra was and asked, what are you talking about? I didn't do anything. She said she had heard someone whisper or hissing in her ear, and she hadn't even noticed that I shook the popcorn bag because of the sounds that she had heard. So we tried to get back to the movie again and nearly fell asleep halfway through it. I suggested we go to bed and not fall asleep out here. But we did not sleep that night. The house was riddled with the sounds of footsteps and mysterious voices. Alexandra said she heard the rocking chair above her start going back and forth and she saw a ball of light in the kitchen, which I think I saw as well at one point. She also didn't dare to turn around to the dead house room at her side. She said it felt like someone was watching and that they were very angry. We both simply laid there the entire night, too scared to move, too scared to make any sort of noise. I was even too scared to get up and look what time it was. Alexandra told me later she had watched the time and it was around 3.12 when all the noises really picked up. I laid there, praying that the light outside would be coming soon, because that was a nightmare in and of itself. As soon as the alarm went off, we both just jumped out of bed. We said that we didn't want to stay there any longer. We ate breakfast, took a few more pictures, then proceeded to leave. I think we both can agree we never felt like it was all bad energy in there as long as we didn't bother the spirits. I think things would have been worse, though, if we had continued to do things upstairs. If you're planning on visiting Frema Garden, respect the entities. Don't act foolish, or all hell might just break loose. You may recognize the following two stories if you've been subscribed to this channel for a while. The first aired in July of 2018, and the second in October of 2018. These are a couple of garden-related horror stories that I just couldn't pass on sharing again since we picked up a lot of new subscribers, and they fit perfectly in with today's theme. I don't want any of you to miss out on these garden ghouls. 
Creature in My Garden from Peter K. Location, Scotland. I was about 14 years old, living in Scotland, in a remote area not fully rural, but not completely urban either. There was a large forest right next to my house. I was in my home, and I had recently let my two dogs out as I would usually. One thing I noticed over the past few nights is the dogs had seemed quite uneasy, but staying across from a forest, it wasn't uncommon for foxes and rabbits and other wildlife to get into my back garden, so I didn't think much of it. That night, I let the dogs out again. Around the time I sat down to eat dinner, I heard the dogs scratching to get in, but this time they were whimpering and absolutely frantic as opposed to being slightly uneasy. I decided to find out what was happening. It was a summer night, so it wasn't too dark yet, but not too bright. My dogs ran into the house when I opened the door, and I immediately noticed movement at the top of my garden. I looked over, and what I saw still gives me anxiety thinking about it. The eyes were what I saw first. They were feminine, but much, much bigger than a standard house cat. I saw the body of it as well, and it was massive, much bigger than a German shepherd. The thing was pitch black, and it was staring me down. I was rooted to the spot, as cliche as it sounds. I was too scared to move, but after a few moments of fear pumping through my veins, I was able to unstick myself and run into the house at full speed, locking the door. I went to get my parents to show them what was in our garden, but when I got back, it was gone. When I tell people about this, I usually get told that it's probably a large dog, but there's no way, not with those yellow eyes and jet black nearly invisible against the shadow's body. Garden Gargoyle from your typical fifth grader. Location unknown. I used to live near this really creepy old lady. I believe someone else lived there with her, but I never saw them around. I've actually never seen them. I was in the fifth grade around this time as well, and I always walked home from school those days. One day I was walking home from a long day of school, and keep in mind I walked past this lady's home. I took a quick glance at the woman's lawn. There had always been this old rusty fence around their yard. It couldn't really keep anything out, and I'm not sure why it was there, but it added to the eerie appearance. Anyway, when I looked over, a man, probably 30 to 40 years old, was walking around the yard, fixing all the little knickknacks that had been spread across it recently. Things like those trashy fake flamingos and such. I can't really remember exactly what was there. When I saw him, he was cleaning off this creepy gargoyle they had on the porch. I always hated that thing. It had been there when I moved in, and still there to that day. I searched for gargoyles on random shopping websites and found the one they owned on Wayfair. I'm not even sure if it's still for sale there anymore. I was also 90% sure that thing was cursed. I don't know a lot about gargoyles, neither what exactly their purpose is, but I do know one thing. 
their gargoyle was evil. I remember some details of it. It had eyes that seemed to follow you no matter where you go. The stone it was carved in was dark, almost black. It had small wings, disproportionate to its body. It also had little horns and small legs with large claws, no arms. It basically looked like the type of crappy Halloween decoration you could buy at the mall or at Walmart. It was that time of year, after all. This memory brings me to the real story. After a few days, as we stepped closer to Halloween that year, I had forgotten about the man and the gargoyle. It was late one night. I hadn't been able to sleep, so I had taken some medicine to help. I was waiting for it to kick in while watching YouTube videos. Around midnight, I heard something that sounded like a rock hitting my window. At first, I gave no thought to it, not even trying to explain it away, just ignoring it. Then came another rock, clinging against the window. This time, I got up, then walked over to the window, peeking through the blinds. I swear to God, I can't explain this. That little gargoyle was now sitting on our lawn, looking directly into my eyes. I couldn't even gather the courage to scream. I always thought of myself as a brave person. Most stories and movies didn't scare me. Hardly anything did. But at that moment, it felt way too real. The thing crawled towards the window in an instant, and I hadn't even moved yet. I was sure that I was having a horrible nightmare, a really, really vivid one. I took a few clumsy steps backward, not wanting to see the thing crawling towards me anymore. I knew it could break my window with its leg, or with a wing, or even its head, like a kid throwing a rock. But as I fell back onto my bed, staring at the blinds, waiting for something to happen, it never did. I waited for hours, ready for something to crash through my window, but nothing happened. As I waited and waited in suspense, I eventually fell asleep, staring at the blinds. I woke up in the morning and quickly ran over to the window and peeked through the blinds to see the gargoyle was in its original position in their yard. It was as if it never happened but it felt so real. To this day, I walk past that statue on the way home, constantly wondering if it was a dream or if it really happened, constantly watching, waiting for that gargoyle to look back at me and confirm to me my worst fear. Well, that was a very random episode. From ghosts and little boys, to jars of mystical coffee and gargoyles. You never know what you might find in your garden. But one thing's for sure. If you stay out there long enough or surround yourself with gardens, for one odd reason or another, you're going to attract something horrifying. Good night. You can also support us in other ways, like submitting your story at darknessprevails.org submit donating on Patreon at patreon.com slash darknessprevails, or checking out our merch 
by clicking the shop button below if you're on YouTube, or going to teespring.com stores slash darkness prevails. Now then, as usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous episode about 10 real sightings of skinwalkers, wendigo, and werewolves. Vexable says I am the ultimate. Technically, you were the first comment, so wouldn't that make you first and not last? Or perhaps you're just talking about your ungodly power. I don't know. Jewel9193 says, Ooh, spooky looking. I know, right? That thumbnail came out really good. Thanks to my artist at TV on Twitter. Ruby Trujillo says, Finally more things to keep me up at night. I feel ya. Now I just need some things to keep me down in the morning, if you know what I'm saying. Ah, oh, darkness, you're disgusting. Natalie2154P says, What's your favorite monster, Darkness? Definitely the werewolf. A dog's head on a standing man's hairy body is both absolutely disturbing and oddly arousing. I'm just kidding on the last part. Or am I? Simona Corleone says, Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Darkie. You're very welcome. Wish I got that excited about things anymore. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode of Darkness Prevails. Don't you worry, more scary stories are on the way soon, so stay tuned. Until next time, here are the credits to my loyal and amazing patrons. Remember to stay safe out there and stay creepy, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>